we sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother. Oh, good evening. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. In the godforsaken suburb of St. Louis Park, Minnesota, I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. This is going to be a treat because our guest this evening is one of my favorite human beings, Mr. John Gerber, Minneapolis-based artist extraordinaire, is joining us. John, how are you? Awesome. Good answer. Yeah. Top notch. I like summer. I like the heat. I like everything about it. And the heat is upon us. It's Summer has cranked fantastic. up. Fantastic. This is July, essentially, and uh, at long last, the temperature has risen, and we've got a little bit of sun coming this week, I think. Can't wait. I know, right? We get yep. out on the boat, get out on the lake, get, uh, get some pleasure in before the snow flies in 30 or 45 days. Yep. Our master of spirits, Mr. Dan Newkirk, is with us again. Dan, nursing any hangovers? Actually, not today. Wow. Because it's a Wednesday. <laughs> Tuesdays are the day because Wednesdays my, Mondays are my last day of the, of the days off. Okay. So I have to celebrate and prep. And then Tuesdays, I know I'll get hair of the dog here with you. So yeah, we'll cover it. C'est la vie. It's good. My wife, Christine, and I used to hang out with another couple, Tony and CJ, uh, all the time. And before we had kids, and we used to really drink endlessly and you know we had uh margarita mondays and you know and all that other stuff and you know i think scotch fridays but we had uh we had sober tuesdays but sober tuesdays i believe we drank gimlets uh, <laughs> <laughs> throwback yeah exactly exactly but uh, nevertheless so we're all we're all powering through uh we're feeling good and this is going to be an interesting show dear listener we are going to try something just a little bit different uh normally we kind of structure the show with some prepped questions and we try to keep things more or less on track but this time around we're going to be doing a lot of riffing we're going to have just some general conversation we're going to talk about booze we're going to talk about art we're we're going to see where this whole thing takes us. Hopefully avoid politics a, a little bit. But Hopefully. Uh, I thought we, we shook on that. We're, we're going to try. But uh, you had just, your fingers crossed, didn't you? Uh, yep. Yeah. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed, That's my fair. friends. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got, however, an interesting drink that you have created, Dan. Tell us what we're doing. <clears throat> so we're making a, uh, an old-fashioned. As per, per request, I asked what kind of booze would be appropriate. And uh, the guest today, John, uh, I was told that you like Jameson. You're correct. So nice Irish whiskey. Everybody knows it. Uh, a little bit sweeter than a typical whiskey, but I uh, prefer the lack of sugars as opposed to American whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mash bill is different. I can handle the hangover this much better. However, the James the Bartender Ball that happened a few weeks ago, we would not be drinking this because I needed a little bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> the Jameson Bartender Ball that you came in when we had Adam McIntyre. I don't know if you caught that one, John. He owns no. 360 in, or uh, media, uh, Inside Out Media. Okay. They do the 360-degree video shoots, the virtual reality things. Right. And he's an Irish fella, and he's like, well, you like Irish whiskey? Bring Irish whiskey. So like the first sip, I just wanted to Ralph all over the place. <laughs> uh, it, was just, it was the same thing I basically I was drinking the night before. So, yeah. nevertheless, and it was a good show. If you, if anybody missed it, go back into the archives at uh, AM fifty nine or AM nine fifty radio dot com or drinkinthestyle.com, and you can listen to those previous shows. Or of course, whatever your podcast client is, it's in there somewhere, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. No, indeed yeah. they are. So it was a good show. It was a good show. Shout out to Adam. He was a great guest. And uh, now you got to love the Irish. That's all there is to it. So back back on the drink, I uh, I was sitting watching um, some DIY videos on Thrillist the other day. And there was this uh, faux spot in New York. And you basically, it's like a hot pot, like shabu shabu, uh, where you get the heat of the pot in front of you and you put all your ingredients in, but it's just full. So I took some of the ingredients, the hard spices, like I got some fennel, I got some cloves, some sour anise, and some coriander, and I hard spice toasted them uh, on a skillet, saute pan dry. And then I made a spice bag out of them with a cheesecloth and some butcher's twine, and I submerged it in my 55 bricks demerara sugar. So it's a pho demerara. So naturally, the drink leads me to believe that I should be called Fadem. Fadem. The drink is called Fadem. I like but it. But now I got weird with the, the bitters, though, because bitters being the salt and pepper of cocktails. I got Angostura orange because I'm going to avoid the expression of any fruit, so I wanted some citrus of some sort. But then I have uh, Mr. Lee's Ancient Chinese Secret. <laughs> is that seriously what it's called? Absolutely, it is. Uh, it is by, it's by my good friends uh, Lee Egbert from Dash Fire Bitters. It's just one of the special one-offs. And I, I just grabbed it because I've had it sitting around for a while. And there's going to be some some uh, mandarin rind, some tamarind, some ginger, mandarin juice, uh, Szechuan peppers, ginseng. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not an ancient Chinese secret anymore. <laughs> no. They love it. Mr. Just... Lee's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, you put the ingredients on the back? You got to change the name. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you understand the secret part of your recipe. <laughs> Mr. Lee is pissed. <laughs> Does anybody remember that ad, by the way? Ancient Chinese secret? Yeah, what was oh, yeah. that? Calgon or something? I think it was Calgon. Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah. There would be protests these days if they tried that ad oh, campaign. Good. But apparently it does work for uh, South Park. for liquor. All right, so we got our mixing music. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. So walk us through. Dan, you are... Uh, so I got the glass already prepped with ice for our drinking consumption. Uh, now I have some ice in the Yari. We're going to stir for nice dilution. Because I'm using a uh, much smaller rock than I would use at the restaurant, I know it's going to dilute faster, so I'm not going to stir it down as much as I normally would had I used a, a larger, slower-melting block of ice that we do carry over at Mercy Bar in dining room. I'm taking a quick picture here. John, smile in front of the ancient Chinese secret liquor. Mr. Lee's. <laughs> Mr. Lee's Mr. ancient Lee's. Chinese secret. And just secret. kind of a funny plan words for the owner and proprietor of uh, Dash Fire Bitters. Uh, this gentleman's name is Lee Egbert. So he is Mr. Lee. He is Mr. Lee. Yeah. Shout out to Dash Fire because I love their stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Let's cool. uh, give props to those who deserve them and purveyors of outstanding uh, accoutrements. Accoutrements? You can call them an accoutrement, right? Yeah. Bitters, etc. All right. So you've got it mixed in. You didn't shake it. You stirred it. Um, not very James Bondish of me, but... Uh, shaken, not stirred. Yeah, that's right. That's right, because everybody for a while was on the whole big... Uh, Vesper kick. The Vesper kick. That's Brits. All right. Cocktails are mixed. We have these. They've got the... Uh... Now, now, again, I don't usually promote the non-expression of a, a fruit rind uh, appeal, but this so happens to be such a crazy compile of flavors. I don't want to schmud it up with the, uh, the aromatics of it all. I want you to taste Taste mm-hmm. with your mouth, not with your nose today. It's uh, which is the best way to taste in a general sense with mm-hmm. your mouth. Well, you're right. You can't taste anything with your nose. You're talking to a, a bartender here, like it's, yeah, it's all about the true. senses. The the bouquet is yeah. Yeah. is so absolutely cheers. key. Ladies, yeah. gentlemen, we're going to give this a quick try. No promises. Brett in the booth. Uh, you don't have one yet. When we go to break, we'll deliver it to you. Hmm. All right. I can't lie. It's a little sweet for me. It is a little sweet. It's a little sweet for me. Yep. John, what do you think? 
It's awesome. It t- it, a little bit like a. Uh, take me a minute. I He's an artist. He has a tough time with self-expression. I could have diluted a little bit more. Give it's, give it like a, another thirty seconds okay. to a minute. Just kind of swirl the ice around. That dilution is going to bring down the sweetness a little bit. Okay. I, I like. I mean, I like sweet drinks. So I mean, I, it's great. I love Jameson and Jameson inherently sweet, and it hasn't ruined the Jameson. So that makes it means it's a good drink. The Jameson still. I mean, you know, it's it's Jameson. It's, it's fantastic. I like it. All right, fantastic. We're gonna let this cook with the ice for a bit. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking with artist John Gerber, Dan Newkirk. Stick with us. She changes with the weather like the leaves I recall. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Come heed me, good brothers, come here one and all. Don't brag about standing or you'll surely fall. You're shining your light and shine it you should. But you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No earthly good, you are no earthly good. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, a one-hour conversation about art, architecture, design, and pretty much anything else aesthetic. This week, it is art. It is art and it is booze. Two of my favorite things. Peanut butter and chocolate. (laughs) It's true. It is. I mean, how much art has been fueled by booze? How much Bad art has been fueled by booze. <laughs> How much bad art has been sold by booze, perhaps, is the ultimate question. We're talking with John Gerber, Minneapolis-based artist, uh, and we are joined, of course, by Dan Newkirk from Mercy and Benedict's and uh, and uh, Mill Valley Kitchen and a whole bunch of my favorite places. We're enjoying a food. Them? A fadem. Fadem. A fadem cocktail. You knew where I was going on that. Yeah. <laughs> M- Miss, Mr. Lee says it's fadem. So. We're all fademonists now. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. All right. Well, let's jump into a conversation. Let's launch with John for, for a little bit and ask him some art questions. Because uh, I was I was reflecting on this and Here's here here's here's a key one. First of all, let's let's set some parameters. Yeah. John, you you do you work in a bunch of different styles. You've got a great line of kind of uh, uh, Minneapolis cityscapes in almost an impressionist style. Would that be correct? Yeah, it's yeah, it's real real loose. Um, it, yeah, I'd say imp- impressionistic. Kind of uh, a lot of it's with done with palette knife, fat palette knives. Okay, um, real minimal. Um, detail but 
really brings a vibe across and sometimes framed up in a big old gold frame feels kind of uh yeah reminiscent of the of some of the um like uh you know street scenes of you know van gogh kind of things that real quick quick paint sketch you you were the very first because i'm not i don't know very many artists you were the very first artist when i moved to minneapolis that i knew by name because of those uh cityscapes that you did oh. and i'm not very i'm not very artsy so take that as a huge compliment that it stuck because I thought it was badass. Because the one particularly was uh, the one with the Walker Art Center. Yeah. Uh, from that perspective, where yeah. downtown was kind of in the background and it was before all the buildings were there. I think I think the it dates back like circa 15 years ago or so. Wow. Maybe. I, I, it was all I, a big blur, wasn't it? It's a, a alcohol. It has. It's been a blur. A lot <laughs> has happened in this like, past 15 years. So that's for sure. But, but very, very cool. Thank you. Very cool. Yeah, Thank no, it's, it's great stuff. We've got, uh, I think, an example of it on the floor at Habitation. I know we've, uh, we've sold a number of the, of the pieces to some really uh, great clients, and I think we're putting it into a commercial setting uh, coming up. I mean, it's just great because it's, it's clearly Minneapolis. If you know Anne St. Paul and, and the area, if you know the skyline, you see it, but it's not something that just hits you over the head and, you know, oh, look, there's IDS Tower. Yeah, and I have a uh, God, twelve foot wide by five foot tall one in the new Hilton Canopy. That's right, dude. And so it's a, that's a monster of piece. That's a big, yeah, that's a big. So, guy. Do you like working one. on that scale? Uh, you know, that was a it was a tough project. I, I do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was one of those things. You know, it, with, with interior design and schedules and everything, it was a it was, it ended up being a, a crunch. So it was a it was it was a lot of fun, but it was a tough one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but I do. I love. I love working huge. Uh, you know, the market is iffy for big art, so sometimes you make something cool, and it and it might you know take a year to sell, and then you know mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a difficult inventory situation. So usually I do large stuff on um, commission. If someone says I need a big piece. It's like yeah. I want yeah. to do it. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to, you know, just, just to have a 12-foot piece just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then someone goes, I don't know, I don't, man. if it didn't have purple, I'd buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever. You could perform a, a purplectomy. <laughs> you, you went there with a nipple, didn't you? <laughs> you, got, you can tell that story. That's a G-rated story. It is. It is a G-rated. Should we tell that story? Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, I think it's. Yeah, for sure. we had we had a client just just it was it was great, really wonderful person, and yeah. uh, and she loved one of these particular pieces, but uh, she she had some kids, and she had, uh, and it was kind of a an outline, or how would you describe? It was a brushstroke. Yeah, it was it was sort of a cubist nude. It mm-hmm. was it was it was abstract, but it was obvious. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that it was a, a nude woman with you know no. Big detail, right? You know, but right. it was. But the nipple but was there. Was a, there was a nipple. You could see the nipple. Yes, was exposed. It and was. she asked that uh, if if you could touch it up and, and remove the nipple. Yeah. <laughs> so I called you up and 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 said, John, can you perform a nippleectomy? I attended some classes. <laughs> the skills. She, she wanted Barbie. She wanted the boob, but no yeah. no no nipple. <laughs> it's true, and I mean it's fine, and it's yeah. totally legit because you know it, she's she was she had the perfect place for it. It was kind of out there, yeah. and you know. And, and, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable and you love everything else about it and you didn't hesitate and that was much, much, much to your credit that, uh, yeah, if, if the nipple stands between you and appreciation of, of this particular piece, 
I can have that nipple removed. I have no problem with that. I mean, uh, you know, I've I've changed art for people sometimes, you know, add a color, you know, or whatever, as long as it's not, you know, completely destroying it. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to make a client happy by doing that. And that that was was a step for this person to have a nude. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was just a tiny step too far, and she still still carried on with it. So I'm proud of her for, for... buying a piece that was nearly out of her comfort zone because I think that's what art's about. It's a good point. Art is what's Banksy's quote. Uh, art <sighs> should make the comfortable uncomfortable or should comfort or should comfort the uncomfortable and make the comfortable uncomfortable uncom- or something like that. Yeah. Along I think lines. I think that's I think that's that's true to a large extent, but uh, most people don't buy art for that reason. Dan's unra- un- unraveling that. I, one. I was going over that in my head chasing my tail like okay, that's fine and dandy, but yeah. It's 2019. It's a goddamn nipple. <laughs> Everybody's got. Oh, it. do you want to tell this? With the, with the end of the two? story, yes, part two. So we <laughs> we have the conversation, and I give all the kudos to uh, to John for this. And uh, <laughs> and I come in the next week, and John brings me a fabulous piece of custom art he created just for me, which is all nipples. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, you saved the story on that one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, mini mini nipples. I don't know what do I call it. I can't remember what I call it. So uh, listeners, if anyone is interested. It and seeing the uh, what did we call it the uh, nippleectomies the well, you had a great name for it. If anyone would like yeah. to see all of the nipples that John has been saving and then he put <laughs> yeah. onto uh, a piece of art, it is in my office. <laughs> a <laughs> private showing, and it, 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 it there there is texture even. So don't you know? A, it is a, a it private is. textured nipple yeah. showing in yeah. Greg's <laughs> office. Yeah. Yes, we don't leave Greg alone with that piece. Um, is Greg's door closed again? Yeah, no, just leave him alone. <laughs> no animals were hurt in, in the process. Oh, my God. And this is why I try to lay out the topics that we're supposed know, to discuss. This, uh, this is riffing. This is riffing. Riffing in the style. No, it's a great picture. I love my nipples. That's all I can say. Thanks. Any opportunity to, uh, to discuss your nipple art, I am all over. All right. We burn it through the entire segment just on that, <laughs> that subject. But when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, about more aspects of John's art. We didn't even touch on, on any of the Cuba stuff that you've been doing, but we still have time. Um, and then, Dan, we're going to talk a little bit more about some booze. I want you to, to, to enlighten the listeners about some of your favorites. And shameless plugs. And shameless plugs. Yeah. Stay with us, everybody. We'll be back in a moment. A lonesome drifter. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. 
Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture. A single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Well, they took a little honey from a honey tree. They dressed it up and they called it me. Now everybody's trying to be my baby. 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 Everybody's trying to be my baby now. Welcome back to Drinking the Style. Sundays, 5 p.m. on AM 950, available anytime as a podcast. We're listening to Johnny Cash this evening. I loved, I never used to like Johnny Cash. And then somehow a, a switch got flicked and I understood what he was doing and why everybody liked him. That voice, the way he uses it, a lot like Bob Dylan. Yes. It's just not what you expect to be, but somehow it's musically alluring. It's a lot like art. It is a lot like art. Um, you know, it's like... Every, a purist says someone who can hit every note perfectly is a great singer, and other people say someone who's got style is a great singer. It's just different for everyone. And I mean, Johnny Cash, I mean, hello. It's about authenticity. Uh, That's authenticity. the key, I think. Yeah. Art is authenticity. You have to be able to. It's not to say that everything has to be original. It doesn't have to mean that everything has to be unique, but it has to be an authentic expression of, of something, and that's what catches. That's what works. Yeah, once you get your style, once yeah. you get your stride, like that's that's your thing. Now build on that shit. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's true. I do. And I, yeah. I agree completely. That, tra- that translates to a lot of different professions and fields. It Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it works in interior design. I mean, you know. It works in, my, works in the bar business. Food business, like same thing, hundred yeah. percent. Uh-huh. It also dovetail, dovetails into what we were talking about uh, between between break, which is inspiration, and that is how does one find inspiration? What mm-hmm. is inspiring to people? So, actually, you know what, right. Dan, you start on this one. Yeah. Where do you find inspiration? <clears throat> so keep it clean, no, no, Newkirk. No. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> uh, what's really funny? So one of my one of my old cocktail books because I we most bartenders keep all your old books mm-hmm. and. Uh, Nobody's reinventing the wheel anymore in pretty much every avenue of life, to be honest. Uh, every now and then we might come up with something that, uh, you know, you're pulling sucrose out of plant life. That's another story. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, remember the ones that paved the way. Uh, don't forget the ones that have, have done it before you, the pioneers. Mm-hmm. Th- those are the people that you, you follow. So what, what inspires me is people, people that were going through my struggle, my trials, my tribulations before me. We, we all are at that point at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it gives you the reason to keep on moving because they got through it and they got to a place that they wanted to go. Hopefully, because that's the destination I, I intend on hitting. Interesting. That's right. really interesting. And like it is that. true. There is no rich. I mean, you know, everything yeah. that can be said has been said. Correct. And that was said two thousand years ago. 
Seriously. Right. I forgot who the uh, who the Greek philosopher was, but uh, there's no originality necessarily, and, and to seek it is— Was that Socrates? I don't know. I don't know if someone said two thousand years ago. I gotta text my bay. <laughs> but pretty much everything they did, but um, they said it in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody around him said, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah, He's always saying don't worry, from things. the future. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, John? Where do you find inspiration? You know, uh, there would be some answers that would sound really what an artist is supposed to say, but. Mm-hmm. Like your shop, I'm a. I, I love interiors. I love. I was a carpenter. I love homes. I love. I got my idea of what I like for architecture, all that, and I like work. And I like people. Mm-hmm. So I like collaboration. I don't. So I'm not happiest when I'm by myself painting. Mm-hmm. So last night, the a client of mine has a has a Ralph Rapson house. It's freaking amazing. Okay. They have about twelve pieces of mine. Okay. And I went over there. And I saw the house for the first time, and it was like super inspiring. It was great. We had a great time, and and you can drink Jameson twelve hours after, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a great time. But it was super. It was super inspiring. It was great, and that's that is what inspires me. Is, is the sometimes, environment sometimes? Well, uh, sometimes success inspires you. Interesting. You know, it's like it's like things are things are moving ahead. People appreciate what I do, and I'm right. and I'm part and I'm part of this. I'm part of this like historic piece of architecture i mean ralph rapson i mean god he's like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he's, he's frank lloyd wright jr kind of i mean it's, it's absolutely spectacular mm-hmm. and to be chosen and to be in in that kind of space is really great and it inspires confidence too and then you can carry that off onto whatever you're doing for for you know other clients as you're running through it's just uh the, the experience and being a part of something bigger yeah than what you necessarily are. Yeah, that's totally cool. Any particular liquor you find inspirational? Seriously, oh. I mean, is is there is there is there inspiration in a bottle? Uh, absolutely, but every different time, every different thing and phase that I do, and depending on what night of the week I'm swinging on my porch swing or what I'm trying to write up or what I'm, uh, you know, how much marijuana I'm adding to it. If I'm going straight spirit, um, if I want to stay awake, I want to stay alive, and I want to like get up on things, I stick with agave. But if I want to get deep, dark into my into my like into my soul. Uh, I go bourbon. I go whiskey. I go dark brown town all the way. Uh, I fear anyone who goes deep into your soul, brother. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> even you. Like, it's dark, my friend. It's dark. God, you said that like you wrote it. It was good. I like brown town. Cut that. Only for the downtown. That, cut that clip out. That Is was it? nice. We're gonna send that one to you. Yeah, We're I think I need that. to switch alcohols. Really? You thinking? I, I, well, I, I love the taste of of Jameson, but maybe it gets me too dark. Aga- agave will change your life. If you like to drink and imbibe. It's an upper. It really has changed mine as well. And the hangover is so much easier, man. Really? Like, I don't really get hangovers on tequila. And yet there's so many people who would like refuse to drink tequila because so many people say, oh, I had a terrible experience well, in college. Well, it's because they're, you know, they're drinking the I, shitty stuff. I was going to say tequila's come so far. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, I I said I didn't like tequila for like 10 years. And then, I mean, and I know there's a lot of better tequilas than Cosamigos, but... But for really great price points. But I had I I, I had a shot of Cosamigos just straight up. Yeah. And I was like, God, I hate And George, I hate George Clooney effed us on that one because it's not as good as the price point is. So True. okay. Have yeah. you guys tried Altos tequila? Altos is not bad. It is. What's the, what's the best for your money? Well, for your money, Altos. It's, it's subjective because you can have you know unaged okay. Reposado, Añejo, extra Añejo. It depends on what you like. What would you suggest for like a I don't know forty five dollar bottle of for forty five dollars you can get a beautiful tequila. 
Yeah, like what? Uh, Reposado. Uh, I would say, I mean, you, you can get Casamigos. Cas- Casamigos, my favorite one they have is the Blanco. Yeah. The unaged. Yes, yeah. that's, that's their best one. 45 bucks will get you that. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise, I can name off a, a billion other ones. Okay. Um, We've talked about Revel. We've had Revel on yeah. here before, but actually more than 45 they, bucks for they, their Blanco. They keep, they keep trying to have a meeting with me. They're just too expensive. Like, nobody wants to, you don't need to pay that much for a really good tequila. Sorry, guys. I love you, but I'm not. No. They also have insanely heavy bottles, yeah, which is do. like the curse Dunk. of bartenders. Gorgeous bottles, though. They're beautiful. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, I want, I wanted, I want one on my bar at home for sure. I want a bottle of that. But Central, yeah, right? Get a, get a bottle of uh, Central Blanco for forty five dollars. It's like sipping on water. Right, it's I'm a right sexy down. bottle. All right, I'm right down. Did I ever tell you the story? You talk about sipping on water, but did I ever tell you the story about the uh, the Russian guy. Uh, and the bottle of uh, of Stoli from Russia, actual Stolishka. Russian standard, you know, not for export. Yeah. Who's, comes in, this, this is a long story, but it was a previous store that I had owned. And um, this little old Russian guy comes in. And he looked like he just literally snuck out from behind the wall. I mean, he's got the heavy overcoat. His midsummer. He's got the giant Coke bottle glasses. He's got, got the fedora on it. And he comes up, and I had just, and I had just put on the floor this beautiful contemporary armoire um, that was uh, previously at Vogue Furniture. And when Vogue closed, mm-hmm. the owners put a bunch of their stuff into storage, some of their nicest things. And then bit by bit, they kind of consigned and sent it all out. So I just got it in. And it had originally sold for like $8,000. And I had it marked for $1,000. And it was you know, beautiful condition. And within the hour, the guy comes in as if, you know, beckoned. Because Russians love contemporary furniture. It's, it's the style that many of them gravitate to. And he looks at it and he comes over and he's, he calls me over and with his wife and he goes, I want to buy this armoire. And I said, well, sir, you have fabulous taste. That is a, a beautiful piece of furniture, hand finished, high gloss, you know, it's, it's amazing. This would have sold for eight, $10,000, uh, but you know, it's on consignment, it's $1,000. I will give you $900 for this. And I said, well, I, I appreciate that. But you know what? Literally, this thing has been on the floor for an hour. Um, I'm really not going to mark the price down. I probably underpriced it to begin with. And $1,000 is the steal of a century. $950. I said, sir, I appreciate the offer. And I don't want to be rude. I, I, I know that you'd like a deal. But honestly, it would be foolish of me to sell this for a penny less than $1,000. $975. I said, Sir, I'm sorry. This is a matter of principle to me. I, I just, I would feel foolish not to sell it for $1,000. He looks at me and goes, $975 in a bottle of the best vodka you have ever tasted in your life. You, sir, have a sale. Nice. Your Russian-American accent was on point, by the way. And he brought it in yeah. the next day, and, and, and he, he brought in a bottle, and it's the Russian uh, Stoli that is, again, only domestically sold, I'm told. And he pours a glass, and, you know, and he gives it to me, or I pour a glass, and he takes the thing, and I drink it, and I'm like, the son of a bitch just cheated me. There's, this is it's water. This is pure water. I, this is, it's so smooth. So I did like three or four shots that uh, right in, in quick succession. And the Not rest of the water. afternoon, I don't really remember. But it It's was, a great mixer. You can mix right. it with water. It's like, I'm hydrating. Is there a Russian like holiday in the United States, like Ukrainian or something? Because I think that you should do uh, an entire show. 
Why isn't accent. there a, there should be a Russian it's just a drinking a, holiday. The I Irish have St. Patrick's Day. I think, Rush, I think it's a cool culture. I mean, I, I, Ivan the Terrible it's Day. So brutalist. A, a lot of a lot of Ukrainian uh, Russian uh, Jewish background. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can follow some of the Jewish observations, but mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely true. I don't know if they're really drinking holidays. But anyway, so all right. So okay. we got well, this was oh, a great. Yeah. We learned we learned what tequila to necessarily get. You're going to switch over Thank to tequila. You. I'm, I'm going to yeah. Next well, time that, I come back, well, next, I will. Time, next time at Mercy, we've had it twice on the show. I have a house barrel from Herdura. It's a double repo. Uh, that might win you over alone. Working this weekend? Oh, all week, all weekend. And uh, I also have a. Uh, do, you, do you like mezcal? Yeah, I have a tequila mezcal old fashioned on the menu. That uh, yeah, my uh, girl Angie loves tequila more than anything because she's got. You know, the gluten stuff and yeah. just you guys stop it for sure. Like beer, no good. So it's like tequila's her thing. I have all the booze. Yeah. Great. Awesome. And one again, and 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 back to my other the comment I was going to make about the tequila and so many people disliking tequila, and this drives me crazy when people say this. And I get it, but you know, I'm I'm I, I believe in in fairness in all things. I really do. And whenever somebody says to me something like, you know, well, I I don't drink tequila. I just I just had yeah. this terrible experience in college, and I guess so I'm like, you know what? That was your mistake. There's no need to blame the tequila for <laughs> no. your failure no. to manage this liquor. That's it's like crazy. that's like someone who hates hamburgers that's only eating at White Castle. Like, you know, hamburgers <laughs> no good, man. Hamburgers make me sick. I can't eat hamburgers, man. Hamburgers I'm, bad. I've never bought into the uh, into the slider. I've never. No. I don't understand that no. at all. Actually, I was at E3 Social the other night, and um, somebody bought a box in, and they cut a slider up in half, but then plated it like it was fancy and, and fine. It took me a second to realize what they were trying to serve me. Seriously? Yeah, there was a G- GFY moment at that point when I was like, <laughs> no, man. Are you trying to get the Hershey squirts? Come on. That's really that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, but but I do love creative presentations. It killed it. It, it took me a second it to it like I saw someone once who, who brought to a party of mine, they brought... They, they they scooped all the uh, innards out of a uh, out of Oreos and put the flat Oreos next to it. And it was like uh, Oreos and dip. It was, it was deconstructed, deconstruct, reconstruct. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, that was clever. Oh, this is quality programming, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back uh, in just a couple of minutes. Stick with us. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com. 
and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Well, about the time my daddy left to fight the big war, saw my first pistol in the general store. In the general store when I was 13, thought it was the finest thing I ever had seen. I asked if I could have one when I grew up. Mama dropped a dozen eggs and she really blew up. She really blew up and I didn't understand. Mama said the pistol is the devil's right hand. She really blew up. Uh, the and devil's I didn't right understand. hand. Mama said Johnny the Cash, the, the unearthed right album. Love that music. We've had a great show and meandered through some really interesting subject matter. Do you agree, gentlemen? We are the devil's left hand. We're the devil's left hand. It's kind of been the show. I'll yes. take some of the devil's lettuce if you have a chance, too. Yeah, it's good. Oh, the devil's lettuce. Oh, my God. It's definitely true. I'm, spe- I'm speaking of bib lettuce, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. completely. yeah I like that buttery <laughs> X coat of a lettuce wrap. No. Mmm. Good. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been, I don't know if I should say enjoying Drink in the Style right here on AM 950 uh, in Minneapolis, or perhaps by podcast. Lord knows what you're doing while you're listening to this, but hopefully you've enjoyed this kind of shoot-from-the-hip conversation that we've been having. Um, And before I forget, I, of course, always want to give a plug at the beginning of uh, segment four for folks. John, by the way, so you just finished a a show at uh, the Griffin Gallery, correct? I did. Yes. Yes. It was a show and I shared artwork work with uh um uh some other artists. We got we got Moreau's, we've got Gary Walton, Bill Mack. It was it was a great show at the um at the castle off of four ninety four and hundred. I always have art there. Yeah, you can always come through. Folks, if you don't know about this, the Griffin Gallery is uh, artist Bill Mack, who is legendary in Minneapolis, uh, did uh, a lot. He did all the sculptures, right? Yeah, the, of the Twins. Twin Stadium. Yep. The Twin Kirby Stadium. Bucket. Yep. Yep, he did that really cool thing where he bought part of the original Hollywood sign, and then he painted. He bought all of the original Hollywood sign. He bought all of the original. And he paints amazing things on it, and um, and it's it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's he's and, he, and he's a he's a quality dude. I he, mean, he's he is an amazing guy. He's a cool cat. He is a cool cat, and he drives. He's got the coolest cars. Really, I didn't know that. He's got a Rolls Royce pickup truck. Wow, one of the a very Rolls few. Royce pickup. They truck? made one. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> no. They made one. No, I refuse to accept that. I That's cognitive dissonance. I will show it to you. <laughs> it, it, this isn't an aftermarket adaptation? Dude, no, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> he's, it's also got, he's also got the Griffin Gallery off 494 yeah. uh, in Bloomington, yep. which is literally, it's like a castle. I mean, it's got a moat. The man has a moat. Uh, he's got the, the albino peacocks strolling around, and he's got fabulous art inside some of his own work, and then you're on display there regularly. Yes. And then, of course, the art show. It's it's a cool spot. Folks should really check yeah. that out. Yeah. And, and Bill, who I've only met briefly, uh, uh, I think once, maybe twice, is uh, cool. Oh, my God. John Gerber just showed me a legitimate Rolls-Royce that's pickup what, that's truck. What they're, that's what the front of their building looks like a lot. It's like Lamborghinis and... And and Rolls Royce pickups. How do you do it? I dub the Sir little, Bubba of Essex. That's awesome. Is that cool? That's a real deal. I, I talk, like the little tiny wheels too. I talked to him a long time about it. He goes, "Yeah, there, there aren't many of those around." 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's got he's got great cars. He's something. He's, he, he's something. Yeah. So if you want to see John's art, uh, we have a couple of pieces uh, in uh, in habitation, of course, including the uh, the now famous, infamous nipple art uh, in my office, but also my at the Griffin Gallery. Invitation. By special invitation. Now I'll show it to anybody. Anybody <laughs> wants to see my nipples? They're out there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if anybody lives at Kenwood Gables on 700 Douglas next to the Walker Art Center in the workout room, there's also a display of the John's <laughs> cityscapes. Because that's where I learned the first time of your name, your artistry. I'm so glad you, you brought that around. I thought you were going in a different Bull circle, direction. Full circle. Nah, nah, nah. Dan brings it around town. <laughs> and how about you, Dan? Can you uh, can you push anything exciting at uh, at your Yeah, so uh, July 10th, we're going to be doing a, a tasting. Uh, actually, it's a barrel making with Maker's Mark. Oh, really? It, and I'm so confused because we're doing it at 9.30 a.m. I was like, we're going to do a barrel tasting at 9.30 a.m.? So basically the way Maker's Mark does it is uh, they bring you in the booze and they bring in this big collection of different oak staves. And you do, and they're super thin, so the absorption is fast. So you pretty much pick your own oak blend and then it takes a couple weeks for them to get it back to you. So basically I'm creating my own barrel out of Maker's Mark uh, brand. You're kidding. Badass. So That's crazy. July 10th? July 10th, we're doing that uh, tasting, but we should have the bottle by fall. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to take a little trip down to Kentucky um, uh, to finish out the game plan. You got the best job in the world. It's not bad. So we, we have a Herdura barrel. We have a, a Maker's hey, barrel. I'm probably going to get some more third. barrels. Brett, can we can we do something at uh, at that? Maybe just do a little recording that we can throw in on July 10th. The uh, We'll talk about it off air. And then, sure, John, yeah. you and I are going to this thing. We're going. Can we go to this thing? Yeah, you can go. We go. That'd be fun. Yeah, promote the event. I like the idea. Yeah. It's, it's not an event. It's just, it's a it's a barrel making. It's a barrel okay. making. Yeah. Like it. Are they what what Cooper? Isn't the Cooper a barrel maker? Yeah, but yeah. this is different. Oh, very good. Nice nice obscure reference. I almost said cobbler. Then I would have been an idiot. Yeah, that it's unless uh. they're shoe barrels. <laughs> No. All right. Well, I want to ask a couple of last questions before we uh, before we wrap this thing yeah. up because they're key questions that I want to ask. And this is going to become, I think, the question I ask of all artists I have on the show because mm -hmm. it's 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 I don't know. It's just something that's always gone through my head. All right. In order to be an artist, do you think do you need to master the fundamentals associated with realism? That is to say, if you had to, could you paint a Rembrandt? Could you paint something that is pure reality as it stands? And once you answer that, is it necessary, although your first part of the answer will probably tell me this, but is it is it a required stage in an artist's life to be able to master reality before they can create impression or cubes or anything else? Yes. Really? Yeah. So you could – so if you wanted to create a pure reality-based picture, that could be your style if you chose to do it. Uh, I think you have a piece of mine, Kinsaniera, the, the 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 girl. Did you buy that one? Did you get that? I think at my show. No, I, I bought self portrait. I, okay, which is uh, hanging outside my bedroom. Uh, so every time I go to bed, I have to look at you. I d <laughs> <laughs> Not Christine and I haven't been getting along well lately. Not creepy at all. <laughs> and then at work, you're looking at my nipples. Good night, John. But no, I do. I I think. Well, okay. I I can't speak for all artists, but for me. Um, I, I, yeah, I had to, I had to, I don't like doing it, mm -hmm. but I had to, I had to like understand proportions. Cause if you mm -hmm. do a, if you do a cubist painting and, and proportions aren't, they can be exaggerated, but they have to be exaggerated proportionally. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like just like one long arm and one normal arm. It's, it's weird. It's like you got it. There's but so you, so when you depart, it's like a it's like kind of a universal filter that goes into the piece you're doing, and you can't kind of pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And um, and now when I go back and I paint somewhat realistically, it's harder now that I go back. But yeah, I've got. I mean, I can dig through stuff, and I've and I worked hard on. The real stuff and architectural stuff and that kind of thing, and now I now I don't really go back to it very much. But that's why I think my cityscapes work because I'm kind of thinking about light and dark, and sometimes I'll just I'll paint shadows, mm-hmm. and I'll have to paint the light side or the lines because that's not that that's not as interesting to me because that's what cameras are for, in my opinion. Right, which is what destroyed the whole concept. I mean, once you've mastered reality, and once you have the ability to create it with a lens. That's what really ushered in a period, I think, of interpretation. I think so, yeah. All right. I'm really glad to hear you say that because it's been kind of a pet theory of mine. And that is to say Mm -hmm. that, you know, there has to be some kind of starting point from which everyone diverges. And that starting point has to be realism, in in my opinion. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this, I guess, is a quick plug for for National Geographic, the the, um, the, uh, genius series that shows Picasso's life is awesome. It's amazing. Oh, starring, uh, who was that? Uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Oh, that's great. You know, it's really good. And it's just, it's an acted series. But what's great about it is he learned how to paint doves from his dad. His father was a painter. And, and if you look at, at, at his earlier, earlier art, he really did master realism before he started breaking away. And it just, it, you know, it just makes it more honest. I'm not saying that someone couldn't just like look at a look at a cubist painting, do their own version of uh, you know, do a whatever person, and you know, look at look at a Picasso and do. I'm going to do one of my dad in that style. I'm not saying they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of question a little bit the authenticity of doing it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that you need to be able to have some fundamentals. You got to have a baseline, whether it's tr- yeah. and it's true in absolutely everything. When it, for politics for example, and we're not talking about politics necessarily, but I have always found that one of the most important things that that you can do when you're having a discussion about a subject matter is to define your terms. Mm. Understand the baseline of a subject before you can get off of it. And in art, the baseline is reality and, you know, this particular part of the multiverse is, you know, representation. Mm-hmm. All right. You're, you're on it. I'm digging it. All I'm right. glad you think that way. Yeah. I think most – I think that I, there aren't many truths in art, but I think that that's, that's about as close to one as you can come up with, mm-hmm. that you really should know what's there before you depart from it. Dan, let me ask you this in the bartending business. What's the truth in bartending? What is the fundamental cocktail mm. or liquor that one has to master before they can start to tear off onto a direction? Spirit neat. Just a shot? The, the whole idea. <laughs> no, so, so remember in the beginning when we first started doing this, um, whenever somebody would taste a spirit, mm-hmm. I would make sure that they knew right. how to taste the spirit. It's like with wine, you aerate. But with the spirit, you put it in your mouth and you keep your mouth closed. You breathe through your nose. You let it sit there without oxygen. And you let it absorb into your palate. And then for about three to five seconds when you swallow it, you get to get everything out of it. And then we actually went further down the rabbit hole with the vaporizing. Uh, so uh, understanding the spirit naked by itself is the fundamental. And from there, you can do anything with it. 
There it is. We have found truth right here on Drink in the Style. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this somewhat unique episode of Drink in the Style. I'm going to throw in a quote from Miles Davis before we go. Do not fear mistakes. There are none. Good night, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>